Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Am I tough enough? Strong and stable leadership. Total rhubarb. Hell yes, I'm tough enough. Shut the fridge. Not another one. It's the Politics Show Podcast. Love podcasts, hate nonsense. It's the Politics Joe podcast, ladies and gentlemen. You're goddamn right. The bitch is back. The bitch is back. Did you miss me? Yeah. Did you miss me while I was away? Yeah, there was this guy called Sean, though. He was quite a... Charisma vacuum. Oh. Wow. <laughs> Wowie. I was going to go, Wow-y. yeah. Wowie. Um, cheers. Oh, yeah. Get the action on that. Cheers. 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 Glad to have you back. Cheers. cheers. An honest man. Did you plan this? What the fuck? Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> what? It's in my ear. It's in my ear. No celebration. It's a celebration of my return. <laughs> Um, Ollie Dugmore's back, baby. Uh, I'm joined by uh, the golden boy of politics, Joe Ed Campbell. Hello. Wave to the gallery. And of course, capital J journalist, uh, Ava Santina. How are you, Ava? Great. How are you? Yeah, fantastic. Are you Um, feeling honest? Yeah. Oh, I'm an honest man. I see. Yeah. (laughs) To impugn my motives as a journalist. Yeah, I do feel honest. Um, I feel great. I I feel rejuvenated. I'm glad to be back in my place of work with two colleagues that I deeply respect, but also I feel like I've ascended to a higher spiritual level uh, as a married man. So it's quite Puritan of you. Puritan? Yeah. That's me down to a T. Yeah. Uh, if anyone, anyone watching me uh, chin a can of gin and tonic just there and it dribble into my ear could be left with no and illusions. And over your t-shirt. Just... Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> could be left with no illusions that I am not a, uh, I'm a pur- puritanical man. So We need the ring cam, you know, that they have on... Um... Red carpets, have you seen that? No. Like for hand jewelry, they have a smaller camera and they like walk their fingers like I'll that. Dra- drape it over, dra- yeah. yeah. Look at that clunk on the can. Yeah. I'll drape it over there. Yeah. yeah. Just show it to everyone. Yeah, it's, the weight. it's the weight of the yeah, gold yeah. on my finger. Yeah. Um, what have you been up to, guys? How, how, how have you spent the last two weeks? How's it been? Good. Oh, <laughs> Now I feel like I'm in like an annual review. We work very hard. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed the Tom Usher episode. Yes. I enjoyed the Roisin Lanigan episode. Mm. 
Um, have I missed anyone out? Mari, Mari Black, Black didn't yeah. like that? No, I did like Mari Black, but then just before we came down to record this, she announced that she was standing down as an MP on a different podcast. So yeah, but if we I were wonder... real journalists, we would have asked well, her. Well, that's, that's <laughs> instead of <just> laughing. <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 wonder, I wonder how good I can describe that podcast as being, but I, I liked her being on there, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe in like a GB News-esque type way, now that she's not going to be an MP, she can come and just replace the token Scott that we've got on at the moment. Yeah, not what a bad hell? idea. <laughs> What will Sean is a bad idea. <laughs> I assume we were talking about Sean. <laughs> you just can't tell that sense of point. No, no, no. Where are you from? Um, last, Cumbria. Last time I was on, I think the last episode we did was Dick Picks. Yeah. I think that was the last episode I did. In the intervening period, I did actually, uh, you implored the audience to email me Dick Picks. Mm-hmm. I did actually get sent one email. Um, it was titled, the subject line was Dick Picks. But it was pictures of Dick, as in Richard, Richard Drax, and someone who made a collage of photos of Richard Drax. Very funny. That's, that's better than like your your now wife sending you a photo of yourself. That would be. A... <laughs> yeah, you're right. It is better than, than that. But that didn't that didn't happen. Uh, don't put ideas in anyone's heads. Um, Ed, what have you been working on in the intervening period? A little bit of porn awards. A little bit of porn awards. We mentioned that in passing on a previous episode, but yeah. you didn't want to talk about it in I, case anyone else stole your idea. Well, the, I, yeah, I think it was that, and also I didn't want to. I wanted to give them a tease. Of what to come. Um, yeah, was that the SNAP Awards, which is the support network for adult professionals. Essentially, like, I described as bastards for shagging in, um, nice. in the video. Yeah, you met various consummate adult professionals. There was people who worked for Babe Station, classic porn stars, OnlyFans models, dominatrixes, sexy wrestlers, which is when you pay to have a woman beat you up. Essentially. Um, Did you know about that before you went or was it something that you... I didn't know about it before I went. No. No, I think it was, it was, a, it was a, real, a real learning curve of, um, <laughs> of the adult industry. My favourite character was um, a man called Irish Bull. Yes. Who explains that he was called Irish Bull because he's Irish and has a cock like a bull. Yep. Yep, he was great. He was, um, he's, he was actually quite interesting. It was, it was, what I actually quite liked about it is everyone, you have an idea of what, adult people who work in the adult industry are like and then you meet these people and you just have the most well to a certain extent the mundane off-camera chatter about like did you come from far they oh yeah did you come from far (laughs) (laughs) did you say yeah i don't think i did (laughs) yeah standing on the other side of the room and she took it like a champ I don't think we've been going for five minutes. And we, no, we can we start it as, as the, the end of the last episode, which was you two sniggering <laughs> like this. I don't know if we can... Anyway, that's... Uh, I like the, the, um, the couple, the one who gave that really long speech about how he just wants his partner to be more confident and he, he hopes that she'll be able to walk into a room and speak to people. And then you asked her, what would you like this year? No, so that, so that was, um, that was two, a married couple, innocent hot wife and an innocent husband. We make content together. Is that their OnlyFans names or is that what you've described? That's their government. (laughs) 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 They make content together and it's all about, I don't know if it's quite cuckolding because they're swingers, but like she's a sex with other men and he films it. But that's like the dynamic. And Convenient, I suppose. Yeah, handy. (laughs) And then I asked him what his like fantasy porn scene to make was. And he made this, I thought it was quite like a touching point about how how he like just wants his wife to to be more confident. And for her to like, seemingly four years ago, they, when when they had sex, like not on camera or anything, they wouldn't have the lights off because she felt so unconfident about herself. And she, he was like, "We're just like, I want her to, to like see herself how I see her, how everyone sees her." All this, 
I then ask Innocent Hotwife the same question. And she goes, biggest orgy ever. <laughs> <laughs> but, nice. but I thought it was good. It was, it was interesting speaking to people about, we met Rebecca Goodwin, who's really big on TikTok, who was a single mother using food banks. And that now through OnlyFans and the power of social media, owns multiple homes. So interesting kind of like, I think like seeing the human are side we, of it. Are we pro-landlord if you're a landlord because of sex work? Is that, is that, is that where we are? Is that, is That's that the Paul Joe, Paul Joe editorial line? My editorial line would be, I like that she came from a council house and now makes them, she takes supply from other landlords. <laughs> I quite right. like that. She's Robin, she's Robin Hood, right? Ro- yes, so, I like Robin that. I think, I think she has also said, she didn't say this to me, but I've seen in other interviews, she keeps some low income. As in, like, therefore, specifically low income. <laughs> she charges in- a lot for them. <laughs> specifically people who can't afford to yeah, live yeah, there. Yeah. No, but I think, she, I think she keeps the rent down. That's seemingly. the kink. Um, and then there's another guy, Irish Bill, who you mentioned. Mm. He's a single father who lost a lot of money opening a barbershop in COVID, got into porn. Because he has a cock. <laughs> cock like a bull. I've never thought about what like a bull's cock looks like. Presumably it's quite large then. I've got a few videos to show you. <laughs> No, no, that's not <laughs> of bulls or yeah, of, of yeah, the porn of, guy? <laughs> don't know, farming. Uh, okay. It all so, comes back to Mr. Hans. It was, also, it was also interesting hearing about, spoke to one performer called Lana Harding, who was very articulate about the stigmatization of sex workers in general, mm. which I thought was an interesting point. Well, we're going to go further on this as well in, I think, 10 days' time, when, I think it might be two weeks actually, when. Um, Paul Joe's favourite dominatrix, Megara Fury, joins us on the on the podcast. So mm. we'll be talking about from a issues. selection of our. our like, <laughs> Who's our second favourite? Yeah. Well, probably the one you interviewed at the Porn Awards. Ivy, yes, Ivy. She was very nice. Yeah, exactly. So you know, we've got we've got a we've got a, a cabal of dominatrixes. Um, <laughs> what's, what's what is the collective group, noun? Collective noun for a parliament. A, <laughs> a parliament of dominatrixes. A parliament of doms. Um, okay, tasty. And you've also been out shooting this morning as well, haven't you? Yeah, non-porn related. No, different kind of porn. Tell me. Rich porn. I don't know. Okay. Um, I was at the outside the National Landlord Investment Show this morning, speaking to those key members of our society about uh, being a landlord and the challenges, the challenges they face. The challenges they face being? Um, they don't get enough respect. <laughs> they, they said, really? They, they said, I said, do you feel valued? And most of them were like, we, we provide an important service and that we house people. And what I think they... Act, they actually all talked about lack of housing, house building, saying like essentially where do people live? Because they if, can't buy more of them. That's yeah. why. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, interesting. So, are we? Are we? You on side with the landlords? You no, probably, I thought. I thought it was inter- one guy we spoke to. What? So I spoke to a fair few, and only one guy talked about the like the ethical dilemma. Talking about the ethical. I suppose duties of being a landlord is not just about making money. You need to consider that these are people's mm. homes. And I think he was the only person to mention it, but to have mentioned it. And I spoke to people who had property, a portfolio ranging from four properties to hundreds of properties, which was, and, not, and only one person mentioned the ethical duties you have. Mm. I don't want to retread it too much because I know you guys, you spoke about it on a previous episode, didn't you? So. Mm. But it's been a big topic in Westminster, hasn't it, over the last few weeks, this sort of like mortgage bomb and housing supply. So Yeah, but um, Labour have taken the right action on it because Labour are going to protect the landlords, which is exactly right. what I suppose we hoped they would do. You're goddamn right. Mm. That's the right thing. Key member of the working class. Mm. Unionised landlords. 
you unite the landlords. Victory to the landlords. Um, okay, perfect. Well, lovely to catch up with you both. Should we? Should we? Should we talk about um, things that we're meant to talk about? Should, no. Should we move on? Should we talk a little bit about mm. Talk TV and GB News? Um, they're getting investigated. I mean, I'm I'm surprised often actually at the sort of the extent of these investigations because Ofcom. I, I don't Ava, Ava, maybe you can explain this to me. I would have thought that the whole sort of ban on politicians and political parties and there being a, a clear need to define the difference between news and opinion on TV channels like Talk TV or like GB News, where one of their favourite sticks at the moment is to sort of get like a Boris Johnson era, now backbench MP and put them in as a presenter or, mm. you know, similar. Um and far from being inundated with sort of Ofcom investigations and complaints, they're actually fre- pretty few and far between. But two have now been opened. Yeah. One into GB News and one into Talk TV. So tell me what's going on there. Well, the important thing to remember is that Ofcom only open a, um, a, a complaints issue when there has been a complaint. So someone who, someone has to be watching it to then complain about it. And um, <laughs> that was a slight on GB News. <laughs> Take that. Only. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not Talk TV. Um, <laughs> You can see Ava on Talk TV most nights. <laughs> when's your next? When's your next appearance? I'll be on there tonight. Uh, wonderful. I'm, Holding we'll up the good one. We'll see if we can out. see if we can uh, rush this out before you appear uh, in time for the Sorry, carry on. Please. Okay, so what, so that's important. So that first thing, and the second thing is, is that the the parameters of news programming have changed according to Ofcom. So what what they're saying is that this sort of like the break between or the difference between a news straight news program and a current affairs program, the line has now become too blurred, and they are those reviews those rules are under review. Mm. But the big issue is that when politicians take on a news program, they are that they, they've got bulletins in there that are delivered by an impartial newsreader. And what the issue that GB News and Talk TV is straight into here is that the politician has been delivering the news bulletin. That sounds really mun- mundane and a bit silly, but it basically means that if Jacob Rees-Mogg is crossing live to a reporter or he is breaking news about the SNP, that is a breach of Ofcom mm. because that's when it becomes impartial. The actual bulletin has to be the only point where it's just straight talking. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes it makes perfect sense. Oh, I'm surprised that these are the things they're being investigated for and not Lee Anderson offering Michelle Dubry a plate of cat food and a fork. Sure, but then that's not the Ofcom guidance, right? <laughs> that's like, that's, that's, that's okay. Yeah. No, no, but it, but it is arguably. And there's, there's this whole, like, I suppose it's the sanctity of, of the bulletin, right? So that you can have this huge opinion program in the middle. I mean, LBC have been doing this for years and I gratefully produced that for years. You worked there as well. The rules are you might have, you know, Boris Johnson, Nigel Farage, Jacob Rees-Mogg presenting a program. But you have to have callers that offer an alternate view throughout that program. And you have to have impartial news bulletins. And GB News is failing to do that. Hmm. Is it their, does their business model just not work then? Does it just not comply with Ofcom? If I'm going to be a little bitch, it's... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I would argue that it's it's probably producers who don't understand that. Ooh. Really? Yes. Interesting. I mean, I think their business I think their business models are are horseshit. To be honest with you, um, the, a lot of talk was made of sort of like for GB News and also Talk TV about them being startups. And I think if you were actually running them as a startup, you'd look at you take a look at the business and you go right. We have this super expensive television channel. Uh, that very few people watch. It costs us a huge amount of money to be on the air. And then over here on this side, we have actually a relatively successful digital side to the business, Um, whether it's Nigel Farage, whether it's Piers Morgan, whoever. Neil Oliver. Of course, my guy. He does numbers. He does does numbies. He does sweet numbies. Um, (laughs) 
but you've got this successful side of the business, which actually is relatively low cost. Mm. You know, obviously there's presenter talent, and you know you're running a studio, etc. But if if you're a startup, I don't. You would look at that and you go, well, we killed the TV, we killed mm. the TV side of things, and we just go digital only, and that's that's where we're getting all of our viewership. That's where we're making advertising revenue. Um, let's pursue that, and and they don't do that. So that says to me, okay, this isn't actually intended to be a successful business enterprise or startup. This yeah. is this is a, this is an effort to. Um, to to gain influence it's 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 to set the tone of the conversation to um you know for example i think gb news you know they're part of the 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 broadcast pool they interview cabinet ministers they interview the prime minister um they secure big interviews i think the first interview on gb news was andrew neil and rishi sunak when he was then Mm -hmm. chancellor rather than prime minister and how much is it to be in that pool Uh, a lot of money isn't it yeah hundreds of thousands yeah um so I just I don't I don't think you can look at them and say oh this is a business enterprise because it costs a lot of money. I think GB News is ro- is ro- rocking a pretty hard loss. If, if it the is, last yeah. Time, the last time I looked at it, so. And you're totally right because and the main evidence for that is that if you were to take it digital only, you wouldn't be bound by Ofcom anymore. And Ofcom. Hell this, yeah, brother. Yeah. And you <laughs> have this very tricky kind of legislation, which basically means if you're going to broadcast nationally, you have to have regional outposts, mm. which is really expensive to have reporters up and down the country and to make sure you're covering all of those regions in your bulletin like it's not as simple mm. as just kind of like turning up one day getting a fancy studio and then going around we are delivering the news uh-huh. this is us now this is GB all of it here yeah. that's why we're online only because you won't catch us in Scunthorpe <laughs> wow 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 um, Ed any further thoughts on Talk TV GB news I mean I, I just always wonder who see the kind of the mid top TV and GB News presenters, like not the nutters and not like the household names. Daytime. Like daytime. Like, I just want to know who watches that. Like, does anyone love that? Is that anyone's favorite show? I I think it's really interesting. Like, you know, like, I don't know, there's, you'd watch literally anything else at any other time. Um, I'll tell one story about um, GB News because I I was sort of, before they launched, I was being lined up as a sort of contributor. Uh, and I did do one live appearance, but something that wasn't broadcast was I w- went on and it was, you know, uh, Michelle Jubry has a show and she's not being offered cat food by Lee Anderson. And um, it's like a, a left-wing person, a right-wing person, and they, they talk about issues of the day. And one of the stories they wanted to talk about was something to do with um, a guy in Rochdale who was, I think he was British Pakistani, and they were they're saying, you know, he's committed a sex crime. Should we deport him back to Pakistan? Right. Um, Strapline on the bottom of the screen says Rochdale child rapist and it's just a shot of me <laughs> it's just me labeled Rochdale child rapist my friend my friend who was working because it wasn't being broadcast it wasn't being broadcast but it was like as if it was so it was running in the newsroom and my friend who was working at the time took a photo of it and, and whatsapped it to me um, I love them like going through the, the notes afterwards of like what went wrong and it was like oh yeah outing panellists <laughs> yeah incorrectly labelling panellists um, so yeah I did it's it contempt of court I did it yeah well, I did. <laughs> the charges have not been proven um, again though would people because it's like some of the assistant producers that I worked with went on to, to become GB News presenters. And I remember one specifically that I, I very politely let go because twice she put on people who were either in a jury or, or one was the mother of a, someone who had been murdered and it had just gone to trial. And I was like, yeah, so basically, like, this, this is not allowed. Okay, yeah. <laughs> this is really not allowed. The, the offer 
Such inflated salaries as well, which is why a lot of people go to GB News. Mm, they do. I think someone's like, what, like I know someone who was on 40k as a digital producer. Not, not like a head of anything, mm. but they just make, make it sweet to stick around. Some producers on 70k. 70k? Producer. Absolutely extraordinary. Oh, imagine Fucking earning that little. Couldn't <laughs> 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 be me. Um, any more for any more on Talk TV and GB News? If you're hiring. <laughs> please email ed at joe.co.uk um, cool okay well that's six figure offers only baby big money moves Mother's Day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones Blue Nile has something she'll adore need it fast? most items can ship overnight plus enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Love you, Les. Hate nonces. You might like my interview with Sadiq Khan on our Unfiltered podcast. Just search Unfiltered wherever you're listening to this podcast. Here's a little sample. How much of this is about carving out a meaningful political legacy for you as mayor of London. If we look back over your time as mayor, some will say, perhaps many will say, that perhaps the defining characteristic has been serious youth violence, the Metropolitan Police's failed attempts to get a serious handle on that. We could go further and talk about the rapists, the racists, in the extreme cases, the murderers within their own ranks that the Metropolitan Police has failed to root out. What's to say that that's not going to be the defining part of your legacy as mayor of London? Well, so I think you only start talking about legacy when you come towards the end of your your uh, your, your, your career. I've still got another, I'm really happy to talk about record. I'm the guy that called out the police. You know, I, I remember I remember being incredibly lonely, being the guy calling out the Met Police leadership. On the one hand, you've got the Prime Minister, the Home Secretary, the Police Minister, Her Majesty Inspectorate, the Met Police Federation. On the other hand, you've got me and Londoners. Uh, and it was me that led to the former commissioner, of course, uh, resigning. It was me that, uh, you know, asked for Dame Lou's case's report, which led to some of the conclusions that, 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 that are well rehearsed in relation to institutional sexism, misogyny, institutional racism and institutional homophobia. In relation to, you know, record, you call a legacy. I'm the mayor under whose leadership we have now record numbers of council homes being built more time than any time since the 1970s. More homes being completed any time since the 1930s. I'm the mayor that's reduced by 50%. The toxic air in central uh, London froze fares for uh, five years, introduced the top affair, planted uh, more than 400,000 trees in my first you know, six years, double the amount the previous me planted in eight years, and I could go on. That was an excerpt of my conversation with Sadiq Khan on Unfiltered. Just search Unfiltered wherever you get your podcasts. Not another one. It's the Politics Show podcast. There's a new, there's a new Tory group in town. Rock yes. on, baby. Love it. To the moon, diamond hands. Um... <laughs> Uh, there's 25 of these Tories. Uh, the group is called the New Conservatives, mostly made up of 2019 intake MPs, but a few 2017ers, red wall types. Um, I believe it's an amalgamation of both the common sense group of conservatives, uh, which you can basically take to mean anti-woke, and 
I think also the Nat Cons. I think there's a few Nat Cons, but presumably because of the whole Nat C thing, they've rebranded and gone <laughs> new Cons. New York in terms of new Cs. Nu- yeah. Nu- nu- nukes. Nu- nukes. Nukes. The it nukes. kind of reminds me of like when the ERG mm. was like, you know, came back to prominence. Mm. Well, I think that's, it feels like they're all sort of walking around in the desert trying to find something like the ERG. Um, to impose their influence on Well, if they had any common sense. Oh, very good. Ooh. Oh, very good. Um, Miriam Cates, who's one of these. Yeah, uh, yeah. well, it's her and Danny Kruger, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, there's there's quite a few Tory MPs who think that she will be Tory leader in not so long. Bollocks. Yeah. Really? There's, there's, there's quite a, a good, strong, um, she's got some good backing. I mean, I don't know if you remember her appearance during the NatCon uh, conference. I mean, it's mothers. burned into oh, my brain. Yeah, she's mothers. Mothers. She did. She stood up and she said that women should be mothers, which is really good for a Tory MP to be saying because <laughs> that really inspires me to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Okay. Um, what did so so Kruger, Kate? Who else have we got here? Tom Hunt, Gullis. God, this is a real fucking murderer's row of dickheads, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but can we please talk about Lee Anderson and the drama that unfolded with Lee Anderson? Tell me. So Rishi Sunak was about to unveil like a big, a, a big new pledge. I think it might have been he, he was doing a migration conference or something like that. Oh, correct me. I think it was migration. Anyway, so many press conferences. Mm-hmm. Where to begin? Um, Lee Anderson then announced that he was going to do this new conservative thing. And then like the party phoned him being like, you know, you are the deputy chair of the party. You can't form a faction. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just not how this goes. Yeah, part of the establishment. And so then like, basically the majority of this press conference, like when it turned to the journalists, was kind of like this weird tussle of being like, yeah, but is Lee Anderson in this group or is he not? They're like, well, he attends the meetings. <laughs> but he doesn't officially endorse anything. Was late, wasn't and it? it's just interesting because for a group that is allegedly so straight talking there's a hell of a lot of like you know <laughs> backwards and winding here it's also just such bollocks but like we are anti-establishment you are the establishment you've been you've been in power for 13 years is that's the most establishment if you're the government of the united kingdom that's the most establishment you can be see that's where you're wrong why because it's the blob clearly isn't it <laughs> the blob is the establishment it's the blob it's just such which by the way is definitely cut we've talked about this before but no we talked about it with red wave why is every insurgent group somehow a reference to like a woman's menstrual cycle i don't understand it what, what, why do you both look away shocked sorry because they're called the new conservatives but you, no no what does that blob. have to do oh oh have fine. you never heard that I you've think. never heard like oh she's on the blog yeah, no yeah, i have get, heard that get, get, a, get a pinterest round group <laughs> no. or something like that <laughs> But who's coming up with all of this? Uh, um, what's the point of them? What do they want? Fucking attention. Ah, uh, you've got you've cut right to the heart of it there, haven't you? Yeah, your gimps want attention. Yeah, that's it. You've cut, you've cut them down. I get, with all of these, it's like, embarrassing. Well, with you saying, oh, you know, they are the establishment. That's kind of the thing for me with every single one. Whether it was the Nat Cons, whether it's these new cons, <laughs> whether it was the Liz Trust Cons, or any other derivation of the Cons, um, the King Cons. Well, exactly. That, that actually would be a better branding exercise for them. They should, they should look <laughs> into that. We are King Kong. Yeah, big, big, big Charlie heads. Big, enormous ape fighting. Oh, I was going more <laughs> for King, the King Charles, but yeah, it could be King Kong. But look, oh. I think, like you said, you've been in power for so long. Oh, just you can't. It's that that does it not does it not compute that when you stand up and say you know things are going in the wrong direction, like surely this is just a huge open own goal, not only for the. The Labour Party, who I'm sure are quoting, uh, clipping up and quoting every single one of these things to put on election leaflets when it comes to a general election. The public, who are not idiots and know that your party has been in power for the last 13 years and that when you complain about how things are going, you are literally one of the 
how many MPs have they got now? What, like 375 or something? Um, MPs who actually has the power to change some of this stuff. In Lee Anderson's case, you are you are the deputy chairman of the Conservative Party. Yeah. You, you should do... Great, great, Lee. Yeah, let's say you agree. Great, Lee. G- glad to hear you're, you're talking. How about you do something about it then, Yeah. Pat? Yeah. yeah. Do, do you think what they actually are really against is the fact they became MPs to implement their ideas and their ideas are too fringe and nuts that the Conservative Party like mechanism going like, whoa, <laughs> hold down. your horses, big guy. And they've been like, well, the establishment doesn't like this. Do you know what that reminds me of? That's just actually just pinged something in my head. That's like when Alex Salmon was standing to do this program, right? And then he basically done these big trails being like, oh, um, I'm going to talk about the things that no one else will talk about. And so like he gets in and we're doing the briefing before and he just keeps telling us about this like ship that's in Aberdeen that's like the most important thing that ever happened because they're going to decommission it or something like that. And it was like, Alex, okay, we're going to kind of talk about Brexit today. And he was like, <laughs> he was like yeah, but there's this fishing ship in Aberdeen. And it's like, this is, that's to your point. When we let politicians actually talk about what they want to talk about, yep. it's a ship in Aberdeen. Uh, even if that destroys the Aberdeen fishing community. Yeah. Nice one, Ava. Great. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of Sajid Javid as well today. Did you see that he's come out? Oh, sorry, yesterday he came out against the NHS and he was like, no one will actually talk about reform. No one will actually mm-hmm. will fund it properly. No one will work on it. And it's like, you were the health secretary. <laughs> he... And Chancellor. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. Was that for a relatively short period? No. No, it was just before Rishi. It was just before Rishi, yeah, because he lost that power struggle with Cummings, didn't he? Yes, over, about his yeah. spad. Yeah, I mean, look, this, I mean, I'm looking at the detail of this new new con group now. 12-point plan to achieve uh, reducing immigration includes a, a, a call to scrap health and care visas launched to fill gaps in the health and social care sector with overseas workers. So that would be, that would make, that would make the recruitment crisis in the care sector even worse mm-hmm. because unable to fill these jobs, we're, we're hiring people from abroad. That's what's happening there, right? So they want to... Yeah. They want to scrap that. So there was a really ugly line going around that was briefed out anonymously that basically said, like, do you want your grandparents being looked after by a non white doctor? Stop it. And I, I was looking into it and it was like, it was genuinely like a source close to the group says. Jesus. It, I was like, that can't, they can't have possibly briefed that out. That's absolutely not. If I can put it past them. So anyway, it looks like wokeism has claimed another, another victim. Uh, and it's the new cons there. Do you think we'll ever talk brain, about these people again? Do you, think, do you think they'll do anything? Um, how many of them are standing down? They're, oh, no, because they're all 2019, so they will be not like, yet, are they? They'll lose their seats. Yeah. yeah. Do you think Diana Davison regrets announcing that she's going to stand down at the next election now that she's seen this? Because <laughs> well, because this, this looks sick. Because yeah. this, this looks appealing. <laughs> looks I don't like know Dude's about rock. you, but if I got the opportunity to stand on a plinth with Paul Bristow... <laughs> Have a screaming match. Never look a gift horse in the mouth. Yeah, Brendan Clark Leonici. Smith. He's, uh, he's another bit of a doyle, isn't he? Leah Nietzsche as well was one of the, um, she came out of the woodwork during Liz Truss. Like she pointed out to the cabinet, you know, when there was no one else to do oh, anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she got on the cabinet? Yeah, she did, so. yeah. God, that the fever dream, the halcyon days of the Liz Truss Conservative Party. Just extraordinary stuff. Extraordinary. <laughs> I guess it just speaks to, doesn't it? The, the battle for the kind of... This is a cliche, isn't it, in political journalism? But the battle for the ideological soul of the party, the inevitable sort of election defeat that's coming down the road, and everyone's kind of jostling to mm. try and uh, they're already they're already pushing their boat out for what the future ideas of the Tory party should should be and what it will look like. It's, um, also, it's also all these people you only hear of them when they do something nuts or embarrassing. <laughs> it's like you you only hear of Leon Nietzsche when she was screeching about Boris Johnson in the House of Parliament. Like last week or two weeks oh, ago. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's that, that's. Oh, she might have been in Boris Johnson's cabinet over that summer. 
I think that's what you she meant. She was in one of them. When, yeah, it, yeah. when everyone was pulled in. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. it. Sorry, my I've, mistake. There's like a vague like word association in my head of like her and Boris Johnson. I feel like they're tied tied in some way. Maybe because of like what's that place in Italy that he went to Lee, with Lebedev? Yeah, 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 yeah. Very good. Uh, that dirty, dirty villa with yeah. Okay. Bunga, Jonathan Gollis is quickly becoming one of my must-watch politicians because I Why? just can't quite believe it can get worse every single time I see him do something. <laughs> he it's manages a serious podcast, I think. Really? Yes, yeah, it's, it's called. Jonathan, oh. Jonathan Gullis. But you see, like, you know, like. <laughs> it's called, it's self-titled. No, no, it's not, it's not. But it's called, like, something like, it's called something like Conversations About Power. And it's him and a former spad or former civil servant. And they interview, like, serious politicians. I've never listened to it because I like myself. So, um, but, yeah. He's, I saw there was another, um, another politics podcast launch whilst I was off as well. Uh, Ed Balls and George Osborne. Yes. Vented the fray. Entered yeah. the chat. Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm fairly sure they buried us in the charts when they launched. But um they launched it. What no, they have yeah, they have it. And also, yeah, why someone are you saying that? Me, someone messaged me to say RIP podcast, buried by two. Yeah, but who said that? That's speculative. Was it like what what like an austerity nonce? <laughs> like who uh, the No, it was David Cameron. No, yeah. it, no, yeah. it wasn't. Oh, finally we're gonna get to the bottom of why George Osborne <laughs> starved the country. <laughs> I've been waiting to hear from him. It was not an austerity nonce. It was actually someone uh, in a fairly high position of power in the Labour Party who messaged me to say, RIP podcast. Keir Starmer did that. That's defeated, <laughs> defeated by two failed centrists. Why is Keir Starmer messaging <laughs> you about the podcast? He refuses to come on, but he's uh, in my DMs every day. Well, he is uh, your landlord. <laughs> and you're his landlord, aren't you? Uh, I live rent, he lives, he lives rent, free. I live rent free and his head is, yeah, so who's, he, but you leave the back my, door open no, for him. He's, he's your landlord, but, but you don't pay him any respect. Yeah, but he does, I pay him no respect or rent, so no. is he really my landlord? I'm squatting his house. This It, it works on some yeah, level. This, we'll, we'll, we'll work well, on You work that. that out yourself and laugh <laughs> heartily. We'll, we'll write that one You better. let us know what you think that joke was. <laughs> <laughs> we'll write that better for the next one. Um, any, any more on the new cons? Any more on the freaky new cons? Yeah, they fucking suck. Nukes. Yeah, but okay, wait. You know the Lee Anderson thing? We didn't even mention the fact that he'd been told not... We did kind of, but we didn't talk properly about how he'd been told he can't go by Conservative Party HQ, yeah, allegedly. <laughs> and then <laughs> Matt Collins had to pretend that he was sick. Now, I'm not being funny, but does Lee Anderson, the guy who stands up and says like, oh, we should make people with broken backs pick fruit. <laughs> Do you really think that a little cold would have kept him in bed? Oh, he, God, no. no uh, did, not a strong man, Lee. To get from... Reeling against immigrants. That's his. <laughs> Do you know what I also discovered? He stays in a hotel while he's in London during the week. Oh. Do you not think that that's just an exorbitant waste of money? Oh, yeah. yeah, 100%. Does he not know he can claim a second house on expenses? <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah, you're getting into whether it's cheaper or cheaper or more expensive hotel or, or uh, a mortgage slash rent. Living in London. In London, yeah. But he won't admit that, will he? He wouldn't talk about it, I guess. I mean, these people, they just scream about immigration because they have nothing else to talk about. You know? And it's the one thing they want. They can't scream about the economy because it's their fault. Yeah. They can't scream about education because it's their fault. Yeah. Can't scream about the cost of living crisis. Yeah. Their fault. Immigration, I suppose, is also their fault, but it's also like the most emotional, divisive. Not their fault because I don't actually think there's an issue. Or I don't like. Yeah, tie yourself in a knot there. No, I think the small boats crisis is... Like... Why doesn't Scotland try and take in a few migrants? <laughs> <laughs> we do. When was the last time you opened your door open? Opened your door open, yeah. What, into my... I think we're losing it. Yeah. <laughs> the, sleep in my... The thing no, for me... <laughs> Careful. The thing for me is that the, this is going to be the Conservative playbook, I think, uh, for the coming years, is 
immigration, trans rights, anything that's culture war, just play divisive politics, wedge issues against the Labour Party. Um, and I mean, look, we'll see if it works, but I really hope it doesn't. I'd like to think better of the country because uh, Rishi Sunak's policy platform so far is super hard line on small boats and then managerialism, which he's failing at, by the way. Yeah. He's, he's not having inflation or any of the other three or four things that he promised to do. Um, but he's got the headwinds he can blame. Well, yes, exactly. But this, this is all they've got left. This is, this is all they've got left. And, and then in between, he'll give 45-minute interviews to Test Match Special to talk about cricket and everyone will just pretend that that's fine and you know on we go do you think there's an argument for prolonging the ukraine war because then that excuses our abysmal economy you're sound you're sounding awfully uh awfully anti-nato and very stop the war there over no not if i am not if i am making a joke (laughs) (laughs) not that that was ironic (laughs) do you think Zelensky has told sunak on the phone like we have we are about to march them back to Moscow. It's like, hold, hold on, please hold on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> please hold on, please hold on. We've got by-elections coming up. <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. Total rhubarb. It's the Politics Show podcast. Nigel Farage. Nigel Farage. Um, he's in trouble. He's been kicked out of coots. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Yeah. Poor bloke. Poor bloke. Well, it's an absolutely extraordinary story. So it's the, a couple of days ago. This is all while Ollie was away, and I had to explain it to him this morning really quickly. I enjoyed it. Um, so essentially, he got a call from Coots Bank to say, you're no longer going to be banking with us. <laughs> Farage took to Twitter, and he said, like, if it happens to me, it will happen to you too. This is political. <laughs> this is motivated. This is awful. Did not mention which bank it was at the time. Yeah. <laughs> now been revealed, it is the multi-millionaire's up to billionaires bank um and they released a statement yes they released a statement to say saying he he either doesn't have a million pound in investments or three million pounds in savings which is required to have a bank there what what he's actually done in that tweet is actually just quite accurately spell out their business model being like if it happened to me who doesn't have a million pounds it could happen to you who doesn't have a million pounds (laughs) (laughs) you're just not allowed to bank with coots you the everyman will not be allowed to bank with coots people banging down the doors trying to get in have you seen the the explanation video today as well Uh, it's just before we came down here I saw it might I saw a video just before I came down of him there's a swimming pool in the background bingo wearing a crazy outfit (laughs) again man of the people yeah and he's like I can no longer bank with coots I've been offered a Nat West account (laughs) which is true for shame you pigs yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah Nigel said the establishment are trying to force me out of the UK by closing my bank accounts this is serious political persecution at the very highest level of our system but nine other banks rejected him according to according to him and statements he's put on twitter so question how low is his funds that he can't even <laughs> get like a you know a barclays saver they, they won't <laughs> they won't accept him transferring his overdraft across from <laughs> to barclays um they normally like an overdraft as well i'm sure they do it's interest isn't it um Interesting stories at the moment as well about interest rates and how the banks are jacking them up on mortgage holders but not increasing them for savers at the same rate. But let's not get derailed into boring financial conversations. Let's, let's yeah, stick. let's not talk about something real. Let's stick. That's let's, another podcast. Let's stick. <laughs> George Osborne and Ed Balls for you. Yeah, go fucking listen to that shit somewhere else. Um, um, no, Nige. No, I mean, look, if, if, he, if you just call him Nige. Yeah. Would you not, why would you not call him Nige? You don't know him. I do know him. 
I work, with him. I work with him at LBC. Yeah, but to call him Nige. Do you call him Nige? Don't look at me. I didn't partake in that. Calling people by their name. Would you call Putin Vlad? Yeah, if obviously. You'd watch them at LBC. No, I, I call him the Impaler. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. I call him the Bull. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I just I don't know whether I ever called him Nige to his face. But I think you would you refer to him as Nige, yeah. I'm talking about him. I've never heard anyone do that before. So that, that was why I was surprised. <laughs> Big Nige. Yeah. Anyway. Daddy. <laughs> if da- if Daddy has been unable to open bank accounts with nine uh, British banks, that is a problem. Like I do have a problem with that. You know, you can't you can't be just denied access to the fin- to the financial system of this country because you're right wing, or because you have odious politics. Like, but I just don't trust him or believe that that's the case so i would not want to go from coats to nat west like it just doesn't have the same kind of like rate where the card looks so much better yeah. it's too well. symbolic of course it does well i don't know you know what is a coots <laughs> i don't have a coots card i know someone who has a coots card um it's very it looks almost metallic um, Ooh. shimmering I look at us listening like so intently card. like yes. tell us what the card yes. looks like and one day these riches could be yours <laughs> um that's why i'm still here unpaid <laughs> I think um, the only card I ever coveted was when I was a student and Ed Sheeran and Example did a yes. song about Nando's. Nando Skank. The Nando Skank. That's when first heard of Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Um, not me because I was a true head of the scene. Um, what scene? The Ed Sheeran scene. The Ipswich scene. Uh, no, I saw, him, I saw him at the HMV Institute in Birmingham. Uh, very, very early doors. Small venue. It was very good. Anyway, um, in, the, in the Nando skank, I found out about the Nando's black card. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck yeah. Which I believe entitles the holder to free Nando's wherever, whenever. For life. Come as you like for life. Um, and that's the only card I've ever coveted. I'm going to up you. Mm. My boyfriend has a Pizza Express gold ring. Excuse me. Which I did not know was a <laughs> thing. <the> Freemasons. <laughs> yeah. You walk in with a handshake. It's genuinely like you a, a pizza ring. handshake. <laughs> it's like a ring with a pizza on it. Like no. which I'm no. not joking. To the no. point. To the point that one day, like early when we were dating, early on, he was. I was like, oh, I could actually just really eat Pizza Express. We were like really hungry. I look. I like a Pizza Express. Okay. Yeah. Don't knock it. I'm not joking. What's your in order? His, it, oh, like a Leggera, the mm. Venezia one. Oh, it's absolutely stunning. Lovely. Yeah, anyway. Um, um, yes, we're dating early on. He, he reaches into his bag, the bag that he had with him at the time. He's like, I haven't used this in years, but it might still work. And it's the Pizza Express ring. I like he just carries it, it around. Him. Oh, he never leaves his person. No. <laughs> always have the, always carrying, always packing him. Yeah. Oh. Uh, what's your Pizza Express order? When was the last time you went? A few years ago. It actually used to be an ex-girlfriend's favorite restaurant. <laughs> Me, that was what we <laughs> Which is quite damning. <laughs> I suppose thing, like, she, said, she said that when she would have been 20. So I suppose. God, I thought you were going to say twelve. What? <laughs> no. really I used to, I used to cane Pizza Express as a student. Did you? Yeah, Fiorentina with you know oh, with, the, with, the, yes, egg, with the egg in the middle. Mm. Oh no, but actually no, not that. I'd get chicken on it as well. That sounds right. I knew that because where did we go? Pizza Union. When I first yeah. met you and you ordered that, and I was like, Jesus Christ! If he wasn't my boss, f- I'd tell him how fucking weird that is. <laughs> <laughs> He's a philistine, yeah. But I do what I want. There's a really so. spicy one. With like chilies, probably called the Avila. I imagine. Yeah, so almost definitely yeah. called that. And the dual balls are tasty as well. Yeah, famously. Pizza Express. If you'd like to sponsor this podcast, please or do get in touch. Or yeah. Coots. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> big money moves. Yeah. Could you yeah. imagine that? Uh-huh. 
they'd have to give us all accounts, which would mean they'd have to give us all a million quid. <laughs> no, but yeah. in investments or borrowing. So we, what we could do is rack up a million pounds worth of debt and then we could take that to Coots and say, do you want it? <laughs> <laughs> Ava's launching a financial advice spin-off podcast coming soon. Uh, leverage yourself with a million pounds of debt and then try and sell it to Coots. Pay pigs. See, see, when I was like 18 and we all left school and we all went to uni, one of my friends really earnestly was showing someone all the overdrafts he had. And he's like, no, it's fine. I just pay off with, it, with this one. I just keep opening accounts. So I think he was in thousands of pounds of debt. As Is like, he right? He's all right. He's, he's all right now. He's makes good money now. I don't really know what, why, how that was resolved. but I know a lad who would just um, max out credit cards and not pay them back. What? Yeah. And now lives somewhere, won't say where, on the Chinese border. No. <laughs> <laughs> like order with where? Um, good question. Russia? I think no. that would narrow it down. Yeah, <laughs> gives the border away. Can't give it away. Uh. No, it's somewhere in Southeast Asia. Um, he lives on the non-Chinese side of a of a border, but like, he feels the need to be close to the border to escape wherever he is. Thailand. Hundreds of thousands of pounds yeah. in in debt. Can't return. What to did he buy? Like anything and everything, just like That's vendors, crazy. watches, cars, and then uh, fled. cars. Yeah, fled. Yeah. You can buy a car and a credit. Well, I've never I've never even thought about that. Can you do that? I don't think it was. It was like ginormous financial fraud. It wasn't just oh like credit oh, card. Right. It was like all sorts. Is it, I but yeah, can't return. Can't, <laughs> it's it's very like Leonardo DiCaprio in Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking. However, he can no, he can't like return to the Western world. So the Western world. <laughs> it's like if you want to see him, you must fly to Southeast. He's Asia. the only one who still exists in a world where there's an iron curtain and it's all the making. <laughs> it just surrounds him. Yeah, can't <laughs> go anywhere else. Um, what I think this this little segment about Nigel, I think we could call it Farage against the machine. It's not your own joke, Polly. Well, it says the establishment on the sheet. Yeah, I but think the machine's yeah. better. Who wrote? Who wrote? Obviously, Laura this. wrote it. Obviously, Laura. Well, wrote. I I think it's funnier with Farage against the establishment, personally. Yeah, Laura's joke's better than yours. Yeah. Well, it's going to be Farage against the machine. So thank, you <laughs> thank you very much for asking. Um, any more for any more? Anything else you want to? Any little morsels? Any little tidbits you want to drop in and talk about? I mean, after we've done our favourite pizzas at Pizza Express, I suggest <laughs> that maybe we've run out of talking points in this podcast. But who knows? Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.